Welcome to the Discerning Catholic Podcast. Father Nick Adam here with you, and uh, we have a special uh, presentation today. Um, as uh, I'd sat down with uh, Kathleen McMullen, who is a resident of the Diocese of uh, Jackson. She's a young professional um, and a parishioner at uh, one of our local parishes. And uh, Kathleen has discerned uh, that she is going to enter into formal discernment um, for the uh, Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George in Alton, Illinois. And so I had a great conversation with Kathleen recently uh, as we sat down and um, just had, had a discussion over Zoom about what brought her to that point? Uh, a very rare decision, you know, I guess at large in the world, but also especially in our diocese and uh, a decision that I hope that more uh, and more talented uh, young women will uh, be open to. And so hopefully this is a helpful uh, talk that, uh, that will um, perhaps if you're considering that or you've never really considered whether uh, women's religious life would be for you. Uh, you can get a lot more information um, by sitting down and listening to uh, Kathleen and I speak. So enjoy the talk. Okay, um, so Kathleen, um, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it's been um, awesome to to watch you as you go through this journey that uh, not a lot of young professional women are, are going through right now in the church, but specifically in our diocese. So um, I guess, first of all, can you just kind of talk about your family growing up um, and your faith life growing up? Where was God uh, in your in your life? And, and you know, how's your faith kind of grown from uh, from your childhood and your in your family life? Well, first, Father Nick, just thanks for having me on and for um, everything you're doing for vocations. I think it's just awesome. And thanks for being just an encouragement um, and guidance for me in this process. So uh, I'm from Jackson, uh, born and raised here. I have two wonderful parents, Scott and Teresa, uh, who raised my two older brothers and I um, Catholic. And so we went to Catholic schools, St. Richard for elementary school and St. Joseph for high school. Um, and very thankful for that. I'm also, um, I'd say, blessed to have been formed by really two churches. We started out at St. Peter's Cathedral and then um, went to St. Richard's in Jackson, which is where I go now. Um, as I said, I have two older brothers. My oldest brother, Garrett, is married and has four beautiful children. Um, and then my other brother, Gordon, is also married. And I'm blessed that we all live in the Jackson area, so I'm able to see them a lot. And I hang out with my nephews and nieces a good bit, so I'm thankful for that. Um, so as I said, my parents raised us Catholic, so we really started um, getting involved in the church pretty early on. Uh, I remember back at St. Peter's, they didn't allow altar servers um, until after you had received your first Holy Communion. But um, my brothers were already altar serving. I was about six years old. My brothers were already altar serving. And for those who know Father Aaron out at St. Joe Greenville, yes. um, he was already altar serving. Yes. And we were only like five or six. And so I said, uh, I said that's not fair that they are altar serving <laughs> and I'm not yet. So Pretty early on, um, I got involved with the Mass, and I would say that's where I just kind of fell in love with the Mass and the sacraments, by just being involved um, as an altar server and just having that community around us of, of people who just nourished our faith and our growth. Um, and then as I entered 
middle school and high school and became involved with the youth group, um, they are, I really started to take, I would say, ownership of my relationship with Christ. I kind of always knew he was there. I always had that like understanding of, you know, his presence in our lives and, um, and that we had a father who loved us, but really actually developing that relationship with Christ probably started to occur more in that middle school, high school. Um, and then kind of as I went on, that kind of set a foundation, I guess, as I went on into college. Um, I went, so when I graduated from St. Joe, I went on to Mississippi State University, uh, go dogs, yep. and did all four years there and got involved with like the Catholic Student Association there um, and kind of just, again, started, just kept kind of developing and growing in my relationship with Christ. And it was a situation, I guess, where I, um, I had that relationship with him and I, you know, would turn to the Lord when I had to make decisions or, um, kind of as I, as I was developing, I kind of always, I would say, turned to God in my prayer and, um, and, and knew that he was guiding me and, and guiding my path. But, um, but then as I finished, at Mississippi State, um, which would have been about 2014, I went on to um, UMC for occupational therapy school. And um, and when I was in OT school, it's a three-year program. I think I got so school-focused and so career-focused of accomplishing this goal. Um, but I'd say at that point, kind of my relationship with the Lord had really taken a back seat. I was still going to mass regularly. Um, I still prayed regularly, but there was not as much growth happening, um, in that area of my life. And so, um, when I finished OT school and started to work, um, mass, I still went, but it wasn't like a priority to me anymore. Um, and, and you know, I never really lost that, I would say, that relationship or that belief at all in the Lord. But um, but I had really gotten consumed, I would say, by, you know, doing things and, and doing things for Him and not necessarily paying attention to um, our relationship and who I was, you know, in Christ. Um, more of just what I was doing and what I was accomplishing. Right, um, right. And so that was you know, yeah, um, kind of a tough spot to be in for sure as I, uh, was entering into the working world and, and things I was, um, I was very focused on, on that of accomplishing these things and, um, graduating OT school and starting to work and starting to, you know, pay off student loans and things like that. So, so what, so yeah. what made the, the, the transition, what was the moment where you started thinking, okay, there's something greater than even all these accomplishments I've had and, and my life is kind of where it needs to be professionally and, and personally, but, but there's something missing. Like what, what did something change or did, um, or, you know, what was that insight? Yeah. So, um, back when I was in high school, I had gotten involved and with a, um, mission group called Amigos for Christ. We went, St. Joe used to take a trip, um, mission trips down on, on spring break. And we would go down to mm-hmm. Nicaragua. And um, and I'd gotten involved with them and had stayed involved through uh, college and even into OT school. And I think I had this plan in my mind, which was not a bad plan in any way. It was that I was going to go to OT school 
finish OT school. I was going to travel, um, pay off student loans, working as a travel therapist. And then I would move and work as a full-time missionary in Nicaragua with Amigos for Christ. So by no means a bad plan. I've always had a draw to service. And um, I, I do think yeah. the Lord just, you know, graced me with a servant's heart. And so so it was definitely something that um, that I was working towards. But as I finished OT school and I did start traveling, um, I moved out to Midland, Texas, uh, West Texas oil country and start and did a 13 week contract out there um, and learned a lot and actually found a really great church out there where I was involved with the young adults group. um, And there were just men and women who were just like on fire for their faith, which was awesome. Um, But it was not really a good move I think initially as a new therapist because I wasn't I didn't have another OT to learn from and um, was really kind of having to to kind of be on my own so early on in the career um, that I decided to to move back home so that Mm -hmm. I could kind of surround myself with people to learn so I started working at um, St. Dominic's Hospital which is where I still work uh, currently but um but I think that this plan that I had of moving to Nicaragua, it just didn't satisfy my heart the way that it had. Um, and uh-huh. I would say I started to really search for something else because I just felt like there was something else that I was missing or not doing or um, wanting to, you know, that the Lord was wanting from me, but I was very focused on, you know, what I was doing, um, for the Lord. And so I started looking at just different options of, of what to do, whether that was a residency in OT or, um, continuing to be a travel therapist, or even I was looking at buying a house and settling down in Jackson, staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And my parents, who I was living with at the time, could tell that I was kind of lost and kind of searching, which had not really been me because I had always kind of had the next step figured out. Um, yeah. And my mom had encouraged me to come and talk to you, Father Nick. And, and even at 26, I was like, okay, mom, sure, I'll do it. But like never actually did it. I think she probably encouraged that for like a year before I finally, <laughs> finally emailed you. Um, and I said, Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I think it, it reached a point where I realized that, um, that my relationship with the Lord was not where it had been. My faith really was not, um, it wasn't growing, um, and that I was lost and I needed help. And so, uh, so I finally emailed you and we met. But going into that meeting with you, I was like, I'm, I, I, religious life had like come up in high school. Um, but at that point I was like, um, I'm too young. Like I'm going to go to college first. Um, went to college. It came up in college, but I was like, I'm in the middle of college. I want to finish, you know, get a degree, whatnot. And then, and then I kind of kept being like, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, it wasn't something that I pushed away and said no to, but it was more of, um, of, you know, okay, Lord, but just wait, like not right now, you know, maybe, maybe one day, you know? Um, and so, but by the time I had kind of gotten to that point, I, 
religious life was just like not on the table for me anymore. It just didn't make sense. I was older. I had, you know, done all this stuff, gone to OT school, had a career. Um, And two, I had seen my brothers get married and start families. My friends were getting married and starting families. And I wanted that as well, you know. Um, And so really had just kind of taken it off. Religious life was off the table. So, but it had kind of started to come up again. Um, and I was kind of starting to push it away. And, um, and so going in to meet with you, I was like, I'm not going to bring up religious life. Like if he brings it up, <laughs> like I knew you weren't quite vacations the... director yet. You're what? Right. Right. Oh, I guess not. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's good. But no, I'm still, I'm always going to bring, I, I just, that's all I ever talk about. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, and that's the thing you're, you're on fire for vacations. Cause like I, um, which is awesome. And so, um, and, and, and looking back at that meeting, like when we met, you know, I was going in really, you know, wanting just like guidance or prayer and, and, and just developing that really my relationship with Christ again, which you provided like definitely so much guidance there. But when you presented religious life, it wasn't like a here, this is what you should do. You need to discern religious life. It was like you just kind of offered, I think you had offered um, a book called by God and then had asked if I wanted to chaperone a nun run that you were taking some of the high school Mm -hmm. girls on. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, God, you're having a good laugh because I agreed to those things. Like I, my whole, like, I'm not going to talk about religious life. Totally. Just like that wall (laughs) came down. Um, And so, um, and I think, and so when I left that meeting, Um, I remember praying with it and just being like, okay, Lord, this is something that you have brought up, um, multiple times, you know, since high school, you have, you know, brought this up and, and it's something you've invited me to since then. So I'll actually sit down and, and pray with it. Like I'll actually take the time, um, And so I did, and it was, you had kind of, you had encouraged me to um, pray 20 minutes a day, which at the time I was like, I'm I'm like doing maybe five minutes a day, so 20 minutes. yeah, you're like, what? I was like, what, 20 (laughs) minutes? Like, um, but I did it. Like, it was, you know, I got, I was, I started getting up earlier in the morning and like started having that time in the morning of just praying with scripture and got to the point where I was like craving that time in the morning. And then, um, you had also encouraged to, for me to pray three Hail Marys every day with, um, the intention of discovering the deepest desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. And our, I think back and I'm like, I wanted so badly that when I was praying those three, three Hail Marys that I would suddenly hear this voice that would be like, these are the desires of your heart. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't happening, but just slowly over time, like the Lord did just reveal like how he made me, made my heart and and made me to love and made me to pursue him. And, and, and the fact that he was pursuing my heart as well, um, and so, yeah, I, came, I became more open to at least, like, going down that road, you know, of religious right, life, right. Um, which was, it took some time. But, uh, you know, I say that uh, he, is, he is patient, but he is persistent, and, and yeah, that's kind of yeah. what happened. So, 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 yeah. so how long, because I, 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 I get my timelines with, you know, I, I even get my own timeline mixed up. Yeah. So when, 
when like, cause I, I've been kind of noticing this in my own ministry as like walking with everybody that I'm walking with. It just takes time. And it took time for me, mm-hmm. like for me from like, from that moment where I first started to like conceptualize, okay, this actually could be an option for me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like understood for the first time, like what the seminary actually is to the time that I actually went to the seminary. I think it was like, it was like two and a half years. Like there was a, okay. there was a long period of um, just kind of like discernment and trying and conversations with, with, you know, people in my life that I trusted that I, yeah. you know, that were walking with me. So how long did it take for you to get from that moment talking you know, having that meeting and like mm-hmm. not thinking you were, e- it was even on the table to, okay, now it's on the table. And now, mm-hmm. you know, so how long has it been? Yeah. Um, gosh, it, I want to say we met in September of, uh, 2019 and, okay. um, probably, I mean, by the, by, um, the nun run was like October and October was when I was that nun run was when I was finally like, okay, like I'll like whatever you want, Lord. And if that's religious life, like I'll explore that. Um, and then now, you know, looking now I'll enter in September of 2021, but I kind of think like 2020 with everything that happened is kind of counts for two years, <laughs> but, but no, absolutely. I would say, absolutely. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, no, for everyone. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So, so about two, so about the same time frame. I mean, about the, that's interesting. About a year that it and just a half. Takes, yeah. To yeah. Two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just takes, so, so what was, what's that like Kathleen? Cause I know, what it's like to study for the diocesan priesthood. Uh, like when I went to the priest, he was just like, okay, this is uh, what, you, this is kind of what you do. You're going to go visit the seminary. There's one seminary for you. There's all these options. Mm-hmm. So like, how mm-hmm. did you go about figuring out what order you were going to study for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, so it wasn't until Um, I went on a retreat with the Nashville Dominicans and that was in February of 2019, right? I mean, 2020, sorry, 2020, right before, um, we went into, to lockdown. Um, Mm -hmm. and that retreat was where I was kind of able to finally be like, Oh, I, I could see myself living this life. Um, and so I started to look at different orders. And I loved the Nashville Dominicans. Um, I remember thinking like, okay, Lord, if this is where you're calling me, that's great. I'm, I'm cool with that one. Um, but what, knowing, what do they, what do they do? What do, what do the Nashville Dominicans do? Yeah. So they, um, primarily teach, um, okay. Dominicans are generally going to be, uh, teachers. There are a few Dominicans such as the ones we have here in Jackson that are involved in healthcare. Um, Mm -hmm. but they are the order of preachers. So they primarily are are teachers or involved in evangelization things like that. Um, so we had gone, they they were just doing a general retreat. Like I wasn't quite ready to be like, yes, I'm going to go on a come and see, which for a come and see is more, you know, you're exploring the vocation and you go and you spend 
maybe two to three days, um, some are four days with the, with the order. You live their life, you follow their schedule, um, you interact with the sisters. Cause that's, I think a big thing, um, is just interacting with sisters and just getting yeah. to, to, uh, experience that and see their joy and, and, you know, what drew them to, um, to this life. And, um, and so, but that retreat was just like a general retreat. Cause I was like, I'm not that ready yet for this. Um, right. and, uh, but it was great. It was, it was beautiful. We got to just follow their schedule and hang out with them and listen to talks. And, um, and so after that, when I got home and really felt like I had finally said, not just yes, Lord, whatever you want, but like, yes, Lord, to religious life. Like if that is, you know, there was still that, if that's what you want there, there wasn't, you want that a hundred percent certainty. Um, and right. it wasn't happening, but, right. Um, right. <laughs> but there was just like a knowing that this, I think for me, my journey was more of, I knew kind of what the Lord wanted. Like he kept like religious life kept coming back and, and there was a lot. Um, but it, it was more of him, waiting for me to want it as well. Um, because he's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what he does. He's not gonna, he's not gonna force you into something, you know, um, he, yeah. he wants you to want what, you know, his desire for you is as well. So, so, um, when I started to look at other orders, I knew I wanted to explore an order that, um, had a medical it's called an apostolate which is basically Mm -hmm. their work that's the word for their work so i wanted to look at one that had a medical side um Mm -hmm. and i started really just kind of what we do these days is just looking online um but the (laughs) book you had given me called by god had a lot of great resources and one was it sent me to um the Council of Major Superior Women Religious, or CMSWR, and they have a whole website mm-hmm. where they have information on like over a hundred communities throughout the U.S. Um, they even have an app, and so I would just kind of wow. scroll it. That's yeah, impressive. they're real, they're fancy. Um, That's awesome. I would just kind of scroll it as well, and um, and just kind of look look through and look at orders and see if any caught my eye. But, um, uh, and then if, and then they do have the options. One thing that was a blessing of COVID is, um, because they couldn't do the retreats and things like that, that they were doing in person. A lot of orders did adapt and start doing like online retreats and, um, and those types of things. And so, or or had easier ways to get in contact with them. And they all do Mm -hmm. have generally at least an email or a phone number um, of the vocations director that you can get in contact with. Um, So for me, though, I think, you know, the Lord knows us very well. And he knew that if, I just started, I had like come home from that retreat and thought, okay, I'm going to go on. I was working a seven days on seven days off schedule. And so, um, I was thinking in those seven days off, I can go on all these retreats and these come and sees and just meet other orders and get to know other orders and see, you know, where the Lord's calling me. Um, and then the country shut down and yeah. all of those yeah. things started getting canceled. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah. Lord, like, 
what's up? What the heck? (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) what's happening? Um, And, uh, but I think he knew that had I done all of that, um, I would have gotten overwhelmed and would have, you know, because there are so many options. As you say, with seminary, you have one seminary that you're going to go to. Whereas when you start looking at religious orders, there are so many options out there. Um, But uh, I think one thing that's so important to do in discernment is not just, you know, to explore the different vocations, but to really um, sit with the Lord and know and, and let him reveal, you know, who you are and what he's made you for. And so, because when you do that and you see, for me, like I knew, like I have such a draw to the medical profession and that that's always been there ever since I can remember that I've enjoyed medicine. So, you know, I wanted to look at orders that had a medical, you know, apostolate. Um, and so that was kind of how I would narrow my search a little bit, but to actually get to, to, how I found out about this order, um, was, uh, the, the order I'm entering with, which is the sisters of St. Francis of the martyr, St. George, um, was, I was actually talking with a friend that I had met on the Nashville retreat and Uh was just talking about researching orders and her knowing of my healthcare background just said, Hey, we'll check out these sisters. And, and I remember looking and be like, Alton, Illinois, that's where they are. I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, Illinois, Midwest, like, uh, you wow. know. Wow, what's, like, your, what's your beef with, with the Midwest? <laughs> nothing against the Midwest, but I was like, I mean, I, you know, I do love the South. And, but also, you know, it, for me, too, it was the, dis, you know, when I first saw it, uh, the distance from family. It's, you know, a seven, yeah, yeah. eight-hour drive where it's like, you know, it's just kind of like, that's, that's kind of far. Um but I got online and was looking at their website and their charism, which is, um, I kind of call it the mission statement. It's kind of their gift, yeah. what um, kind of what their mission is in the world um, is to make the merciful love of Christ visible. And mm. I remember reading that and there was like a little like little flicker, a little fire in my heart where I was like, oh, I like that. Um, but again, I was like, Alton... I don't know. I really didn't know much yeah. about the Franciscans, so I wasn't sure. So I kind of just not like, a huge Abraham Lincoln fan. Just yeah, yeah, way like, overrated. I didn't, I didn't even know about president. that until <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I had no knowledge. You of saw the license plates, so you're like, oh, he's from here. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, the tallest man in the world is from Alton, Illinois. Found that one. Wow. Out. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. Wait, uh-huh. Abraham Lincoln's not from Alton, right? He's just from Illinois. He's from Illinois. He's from Illinois. Right, okay, but, but not from Alton. Not from Alton, no. But I was looking okay. up. I guess but I the tallest like, man in the world, like the current tallest man or like the tallest man no, ever? No, the tallest man ever, ever to have existed. How tall? I guess, I guess since they started keeping records. Um, uh, uh, nine something, I think. Nine oh, my something. gosh. Yeah, he's in tall. In the nines? He was tall. Yeah, they actually had to make a, like, he, he had to have, like, all of his furniture, like, special made. I don't know why I went down this, like, rabbit hole. I started just looking into this man's life one day. And he <laughs> unfortunately passed. He passed really young, like, because of his yeah. height. Um, yeah, yeah. He had right. a lot of health issues. But um, but they have a statue. I'll have to go see it next time I go to visit. Oh, but, my goodness. Um, yeah, so... 
So yeah, That's tallest awesome. man. Anyway, Alton. okay, so so Alton, you're like discovering yeah. these things. Obviously, you're like, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can get down with this place. Yeah, I was like, obviously, I like, didn't know those facts. Had I known those facts, maybe would have been more into it. I don't know, but right, <laughs> I, you know, but um, but no. So I didn't. I just wasn't sure, and I think too, right. I had you know, really enjoyed my time with the Nashville Dominicans. So I was like, I really am going to need to feel, I felt, I think at the time I was like, I am going to need to feel like a draw somewhere um, to really check them out because two, they weren't doing retreats and things like that. So it was going to be strictly like communicating with the vocations director. Um, and, yeah. and so I said, I don't know. And then a little bit later, um, I, was, you know, I had a lot of free time because we were in shutdown and I had never been one to like scroll YouTube, but, um, but I was on YouTube just kind of scrolling videos and I found a video of like a interview with a sister and started watching it and it ended up being the vocations director of the Alton Franciscans. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. So I start watching it and there were just good little nuggets of information and, and things that she said that I was like, oh, if, you know, she seems like a good person to talk to. So I was like, I'll yeah. at least reach out and maybe have a conversation with her. Because if anything, you know, if I end up not really feeling like, you know, this is where I'm meant to be, then like, I'll at least have a good conversation with somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... Um, so I did, I reached out, filled out the, they have forms online usually that you'll fill out. And then she, she got back to me and we talked, um, actually it'll probably be about a year, like a year or so this week that we like talked for the first time to connect the first time and just had a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really good conversation and, um, she just asked questions that were, like that I didn't know the answer to that really led to a lot of like fruitful prayer and things. So, um, so I said, you know, okay, Lord, like I'll at least when they're allowing visitors again, at least go up for a visit. Um, and so at the end of no middle of July, I went up for my first visit and actually ended up getting to stay because of my work schedule, getting to stay for about a week up there. Um, and it was just a good, yeah, a good visit, a good visit of just hanging out with the sisters and, um, you know, you have to get used to being in a convent, um, at the same time, cause it is different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. uh, and so fortunately I had kind of reached that comfort level where that was, I was able to kind of be there, um, and just, um, I had some just good moments in prayer with the Lord where it was just kind of like I felt his love in a way I had not felt it before. And so mm. it took some time, but when I got home, I processed, you know, all of that and was like, that was where I was able to be comfortable enough to, you know, feel the love's Lord in a new way. Um, and, yeah. and to really even like sit with, you know, things where that were tough, things that were hard too. Um, and so... So I asked to to go back in October. Is it October? Yeah, October. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I asked for for papers. Was on my second visit. So which was also about a week as well, which was great. So. So how big is that community? How many sisters live in the mother house? How many are are in other houses across the country, the world? What's what's the demographics? 
Yeah, so they, the order itself was started in Germany. Um, okay. Nationwide numbers, I don't know, but the US, within the U.S., um, they have about 120 to 150, I think closer okay. to 150, and then within the mother houses around 60 sisters. Um, okay. Yeah, they have three novices and four. For um, postulant, so a postulant is in like that first year. Um, okay, where, gotcha. So that's what you're going to be starting in September. Yes, yeah. So I'll be okay. a postulant, and that's your for generally for a year. You're a postulant, and it's just have you checked in? Have you checked in with your fellow postulants? Like, are y'all, yes, yeah. Do y'all so know each other. We um, yeah. So there's two others so far. Um, there's a couple others who are still in the application process. Um, so I think we're, I don't know how many will actually be there um, come September. But, yeah, we've already connected and we keep in touch pretty regularly um, just of cool. getting getting to know each other. They're they're from the Midwest as well. So, um, so you know, it'll be. Uh, Is there anybody from fun. the South for, for the, that's up there? That's up there. There is a um, novice who is from Louisiana. So not too far. Oh, good. Not oh, too okay, far. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, but they, um, but it'll be, yeah, they are, uh, it's been fun just connecting and then also keeping, so only through letters, but keeping in touch too with some of the sisters that are, that are up there as well has been, has been good. So. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what are they, what are they like, Kathleen? What are, you know, so many people I think have this idea of what they think a convent is like. I mean, what is it like? What is, is it mm-hmm. just like out of a movie? Is it, um, you know, what just kind of paint the picture? Yeah. Um, it's, it definitely is. Um, I'm thinking about all the people who have referenced uh, sister act and like sound of music. Um, right. Yeah. 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 And that's what people picture for sure. So um, it, there's a lot of structure because there is the structure of prayers. Um, Mm -hmm. so they rise in the morning and the first thing is prayers, um, and meditation and mass. Um, but it is so constantly moving. There's, they are very, very busy. Um, cause they go from, from mass and breakfast to work or, um, to class or maybe chores um, and then they, if they're still, if they're in the comment, they reconvene for prayers again at midday and then they have lunch. Um, and then they're back, they're back to work class, you know, maybe recreation, um, and then reconvene again for prayers in the evening, dinner, generally recreation after dinner until night prayers. So it's a very, mm-hmm. um, it's very structured, very, very much mm-hmm. a routine, but, um, but at the same time, every day is different because of whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, whatever they have going on. Um, and being in a convent, it, the first time when we went on that nun run, I remember, um, pulling up to this convent in New Orleans and the, the first ones we went to, um, I can't remember their exact names, but they, um, they cared for terminally ill patients at night to give like the families a break, you know? Yeah. That Um, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but I remember 
So they're like moving around at nighttime because they're all getting ready to go out to wherever they're going for the night. And I remember walking in, it's like all white, all pristine, very clean. And I got in bed that night and I was sleeping on like an air mattress in an office. And I remember being like, what in the world? Like, what is life right now? Like, I am sleeping in this convent in New Orleans. Like, where? What in the world am I doing? Um, Yeah. And, but, as I, you know, of course, visited more places and, you know, everything, it does, it feels weird to live in a place with, you know, up to 60, if not more, other women. Um but it there's like such a sense and a presence of the lord um that it's almost like a calming and that's for me like almost yeah. a, cal- yeah. a calming place um mm. and um that's and how I, like- that's how i saw the se- that's how i saw the seminary honestly it's like the structure is there to help you pray better and, and be together and, and be in common cause. Um, and also, you know, for us as future priests, it was certainly to help us build habits, you know, and for you, it is certainly to help you build habits and you literally wear a habit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's, true. but I think that people see that as, I think some people might see that as rigidity mm-hmm. and it certainly can, can turn into that. Like you have to be attentive to your own like heart. If you're, you know, again, I'm just speaking from my own experience in, in my house of formation, but mm-hmm. um, our habits make us who we are. You know, and so if mm-hmm. if if you develop a habit of prayer and deep communion with the Lord, and you have that in community with other uh, people, like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing stronger than that. So I just wonder if that's mm-hmm. what you were. I think that's what you were feeling because that's yeah. that's what I've felt as well. You know, in the seminary. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, you know, first like going through it in a way, it's it's you kind of have to just really dive in and do it um and and they wake up at four thirty-five a.m like definitely not the most ideal time for me but like <laughs> I did it I just woke up and I went to prayers and um and yeah it's 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 like you said you you develop like initially it's it's not my habit it's not like you know, I don't wake up before 35 when I'm here. Um, but you do, you eventually will, I'll get used to that schedule and that routine. And it's going to take time, like for sure, just like anything, but you do see so much, um, beauty in that because their whole day is structured around prayer. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was something that was so, I think transformative for me was um, I think a lot of times my prayer flowed from the day. So like when I started having a bad day, I, you know, I'd pray about it or if something really good happened, you know, I'd thank the Lord for it. Um, But I was turning to prayer based off how the day was going. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. there, and, and, and even in my, this can happen for anybody now, like even in my own life now, my, you know, um, their day flows from prayer. So it's like they pray yeah. and then they go from prayer 
to their work, to their chores, to class, whatever it is they're doing. Um, and it's, and it is, it's just giving that whole day and giving, you know, everything you do, your service, um, you know, your gifts, everything to the Lord. And it's, um, and so it, it really, that structure allows for, for that, for, um, to kind of always, to, to have prayer at the center and everything else kind of comes from it. Yeah. 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 And you're, and you're witnessing to the rest of the, all the people that you're going to be working for working, uh, you know, when you go out into the world and you use your, your skills, your professional skills, it's going to be different than Mm -hmm. Kathleen who, you know, is working at St. Dominic's right now because you're, I mean, and, and not like in a, in like a qualitative way, Mm-hmm. Um, but, but kind of like, I always try to tell people like, the, what, what's the reason the priest wears the collar? What's the reason that we even need to have this like radical mm-hmm. witness to, you know, celibacy and, um, mm-hmm. living just for God. And I, I, I just think, and you might have another way to conceptualize this and I'd love to hear it. The way I think about it is we've got to know when things break down mm-hmm. that, that we're not just living for this world. And like people, mm-hmm. other people that are walking and talking and working and loving us and, and working with us that we see that are not just living. They're literally not living for this world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge witness. Um, and I just don't think that I think that's ex- like incredibly valuable. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't know how you you've kind of. Yeah. Been, been thinking about it or praying about it, but that's kind of how I've always kind of explained it to people. Like, why do you, why do you have to do this? Why can't you just like pray, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like just yeah. have a normal life, you know? Right. And it's right. like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And mm-hmm. some people are called to do that and they do a great mm-hmm. job, but some people Christ calls you and gives you the grace. Yeah. And, and I think for me, um, I know something that kind of early on that I really had to pray with was I think that um, I saw, you know, religious life or even priesthood is like you were giving up all this stuff to go and and Mm -hmm. be of service, Um, which is true. You do. Um, But I I took me understanding that um, we are all called to holiness, right? And we're all yeah. called to sainthood. And I think comprehending that, you know, that is what it is. We're all um, called to eventually be in heaven and belong fully to Christ in heaven. Um, and our vocation is the way that the Lord has planned for us that's not necessarily going to be the an easy way, but the easiest, you know, and it's going to yeah. bring us yeah. the most joy, um, as well. And I think when I was yeah. able to finally see that, that I think, I think there was this idea that I was choosing between a good, not necessarily a good and a bad, but a right and a wrong, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. religious life was right and marriage was wrong or vice versa. Um, right. And that's not the case, you know, that, um, that ultimately I was, ch- it was, following the Lord and, and uh, allowing him to just lead to what vocation of who I was going to be um, that was ultimately going to lead me to that 
universal call that we all have, which is holiness. Um, yeah. And then, and you get, but as a, you know, I didn't fully understand. I think, and that was one thing too, that um, after doing the nun run was recognizing that I didn't fully understand religious life. You know, I'd always mm-hmm. heard the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. I'd always seen sisters wearing the habit. Um, I knew like a general idea, but really understanding it um, and what it meant to to be a bride of Christ, you know, that, that one took me a while to really to sit with in prayer and understand that, you know, um, I feel the Lord is inviting me to belong fully to him here and now like that's what we're called to all of us um but here on this earth in the world i'm i can already live that life um yeah and it took time like that for me it didn't that wasn't something i was like oh yeah i want this right away you know like it took (laughs) like like yes i want that but like uh, you know, what I does that even still, mean? You know, right, I mean, I think, what, yeah. I, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, absolutely. No, I mean, that, exactly. that's, it's like, it's, you, you constantly have to just, and that's what my job, my job is, I think, is just giving mm-hmm. vocabulary, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that's what you've discovered on your journey, visiting all these different places is you've learned, yeah, how do we conceptualize what, what makes this different? Mm-hmm. And how does this make me the fullness of the full expression of who I'm called to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why might Jesus be calling me to this relationship? And, um, and yeah, it's not choosing a, a good over the wrong, uh, the right over the wrong decision. It's saying what's the mm-hmm. fullest expression mm-hmm. of who I'm meant to be while I'm on this earth so that I can save my own soul and then bring others to, to heaven as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I just, that's, it's an amazing mm-hmm amazing call um and, and, and I think religious life like, specifically is just incredible yeah well and i think too um it's i think that's why it's so important that um and for me i had to do this on my own journey is like i couldn't just immediately be like okay lord do you want religious life or marriage uh number one he's not just going to suddenly i wanted like i remember i was talking to the vocations director at um the in Nashville and I was like I am fine if he wants to give me that like big (laughs) boom moment of like this is what you're supposed to do like that's cool like I will totally do that um but he just generally doesn't work that way sometimes but he generally doesn't at the time I was reading a book discerning the will of God by Mm -hmm. Father Timothy Gallagher great book I highly recommend it um and he was talking about the ways that the Lord communicates with us and um one way was like that reason beyond doubt like you just know beyond doubt what you're supposed to do and but then he said more so um it's it's more so small moments that kind of linked to a decision and and um and it kind of he's kind of the whisper in the wind, right? He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire, but the, the wind. Um, and so paying attention to those moments that were just smaller moments that maybe didn't stand out right away, but that, um, that did kind of guide me to religious life, but also recognizing that I couldn't fully accept and understand that call without really knowing who I am, um, and how the Lord 
made me and how he, he made me, like, like I said earlier, how he made me to love and, um, how he wanted to love me. And so I think that before you even start to ask the question of, you know, religious life, priesthood, marriage, whatnot, um, to just, to be able to spend that time in prayer with him about, about that, about letting him reveal who you are, you know, who he made you to be. I mean, and that doesn't mean that I've, fully understand that and fully have discovered that, you know, today, but there are right. more things I know about myself through this journey. Um, yeah. And then once I yeah. understood that better and once I, you know, as he slowly revealed that to me, that was when I could see, you know, this um, life as a sister and, 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 and see myself in religious life um, more. So I described it the other day. I was talking to... Um, somebody and it was like I wanted fireworks and the Lord kept lighting a candle like I wanted that big <laughs> like big boom like light up the sky moment and he just kept lighting a candle and it was frustrating wow. at times um yeah. but that's that's kind of what I think he does more is he yeah he you know with a firework you see you may see far into the distance but it's so brief Whereas um, with a candle, you're only going to see what's right in front of you. You're only going to see that next step, um, but it's going to burn longer and, yeah. and it's going to get you further. Um, and so, and that's all the Lord asks us to do. I think we, we put pressure on ourselves because we live in a world where, you know, we're asked, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, and, and you have to have a plan of a, going yeah. to college yeah. and get and starting a career and things. We, we live in a world of that where, um, we were pressured to, to know our future and we, yeah. you know, we just can't. And so it's just taking that next step with the Lord, um, is all he asks us to do. Right. And, and to listen wow. to those promptings. And that's where you have to allow yourself that prayer time because we're so busy we have a million you know distractions Um, right which is where like when meeting with you when you're like just 20 minutes a day and I thought that was so much but that you know giving that 20 minutes a day of of just being in in the Lord's presence and being in scripture was where I started to actually um be able to you know to follow the Lord's promptings and hear his promptings as well so yeah, I I just think that's I just leave this conversation more and more convinced of if more people prayed, you know, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. consistently just sat there and sat there in silence and tried to quiet the noise and tried to quiet the expectations. Um mm-hmm. because that's ultimately we we have so much fear in our lives, there's so much fear in the world, there's so much fear within ourselves of like I don't know, like having to look a certain way, do certain things a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, create create certain goals and reach them. Um, and so much of that is just fear-based or pride-based or something that, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, talk, speaking to who we are. And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I just won't, I, you, you've been so generous with your time and very, you know, I'm just really appreciative of you taking this much time. Um, so but just one more question. So many people ask me, mm-hmm. What do I do when I pray? And I know you kind of already covered this, but just to reiterate, so that 20 minutes of prayer that, mm-hmm. that kind of led you 
down the road? What what did you do? Yeah. Um so I initially just started sitting with scripture, um, and just reading, reading scripture. And, um, I think, I think initially I would, I took the coming Sunday readings and I would like break it up and do like the first reading, um, one day, the next day do the responsorial, the next day do the second reading. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I kind of, I think, and that's one thing with prayer is it's going to change and it's going to adapt in, in, in different ways. Um, and then eventually I started going because I started doing daily mass. Um, so I started sitting with the gospel of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And, and, and just reading it, um, mm-hmm. seeing if anything jumped out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. If it does, just like sitting with that, I think that and i was i was like this as well that when i went to prayer i wanted to have this like every time i wanted to have this like great big grand you know moment of like learning something about the lord or um you know something big and wondrous happened which does happen in prayer but that sometimes it's just sitting and just kind of thinking um or or praying with and processing you know what you're reading but then too silence and that was hard for me it took someone I heard um, describe prayer as a muscle and it truly is just like any muscle like that you have to strengthen that you have to yeah you know yeah. it's not gonna automatically um, be easy and, and you're gonna if it's something especially if it's something that you don't regularly do anyways um, so for me silence took some time to really just be able to calm and quiet my mind enough to allow for um for the Lord to just enter that space and either you know bring me back to something that I had read or even bring something to me that I had not you know that 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 was him um either bringing up something that I had sat with earlier or happened throughout the day or whatnot, you know, he's going to bring those things to you. Um, and then two, one thing about the Catholic church is we have very beautiful things that point us to the Lord, whether that's in the rosary or, um, I really enjoy the, um, praying the chaplet of divine mercy. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there are devotions out there that are, um, that you you can sit with the sisters that I'll be uh, joining they pray the stations of the cross every day, um, which was a little intimidating at first, but now like sitting and just praying with those. Um, so yeah, sometimes it just kind of, I let the Lord kind of lead and what, um, kind of where, what I want to do, where I want to go. But the biggest thing is taking that time of reading and, and, um, being in his word and then silencing and, and being able to, to just enter that space of and allow him to just kind of come into that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's easier than I've ever put it. Uh, so I appreciate it. That's, it helps me (laughs) as the vocation director. Um, and, um, but, but I really, uh, I've appreciated, uh, you sharing this journey on this, in this venue, Kathleen, because I think, um, hopefully if you're listening to this and you're just wondering, and you know, this is, this is an example of, 
the way the Lord speaks to us and, and um, it can happen to you as well. And so I hope that it's helpful. I'm going to put the links to the books that you mentioned, uh, Called by God and Discernment of Spirits or Discerning the Will of God. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and just let me know if there's other stuff that, that you think would be helpful resources. And I'll put up the, the website for, for your order, uh, for several other orders for the for the for the the large acronym that, that I can't remember yeah. right now that you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, I just think, uh, this is, um, you know, this is a gift to, to just be able to hear about us, hear a story that we don't hear very often. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we hear it much more often in the, in the near future. And I think, you know, with prayer and with work, I think we can make that happen. And that's part of my job. So I appreciate you helping me too much. Yeah, of course. Well, and I want to encourage too, because I very much thought I was like, no one else does this. No one's doing this anymore. Um, but by going on those retreats and, and, and talking to like orders, um, I was, I've found friends who are discerning and are, you know, um, feeling called to religious life. So they, you know, there are other women out there who are, um, who are doing it. And so, yeah, there may not be as many around here and you don't hear of it as much, but there are women out there. So I encourage, you know, even just going on a retreat kind of like I did, um, to, to take that step for sure. If it's something you think you're called to. So Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, Kathleen, thanks so much. We'll be checking in with you soon. And um, God bless you this September as you start. Thank you so much, Father Nick. I appreciate it. All right. And I want to thank Kathleen again for taking so much time with me and uh, for her uh, courage and her attention to her discernment. It's been awesome, uh, an awesome gift to walk with her and to continue to walk with her as uh, she um, just takes this next step, right? I mean, going into um, formation doesn't mean that you're you're a finished product or that you you know that this is your call for life. Um, and so I ask that you keep her in your prayers, and um, and we certainly pledge that to her as well. This will be the last time that uh, I sign off for a while. Not really sure the the future of this uh, this particular feed. Um, honestly, y'all, uh, <laughs> I've gotten really. Uh, you know, busy with, with other things in my ministry as vocation director, and I'm trying to discern if this is something that is uh, something I can continue to do. Um, so, so this will certainly be the last one for a while. I'm sorry for the for the delays uh, in getting this one up, but um, I'm going to continue to discern that. But I think that there's probably a better medium uh, to reach. You know, the folks that I really. Um, you know, I want to provide um, digital content. You know, that's the world that we live in. But I also have to balance that with how much time do I have? Can I do it with with uh, with a level of uh, professionalism that I desire and that y'all deserve? And uh, so, anyway, just keep me in your prayers as we uh, kind of figure out the iteration that this feed um, is going to uh, take next. So, uh, God bless y'all. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be talking soon.